Hello everyone, welcome back to our severe case of indecision and our completely biased opinions with Ian and Tyler. You are listening to Sound Audits. How are we doing today, Tyler? I'm good. Better now? Better now. Better now. Okay, good. It's always I'm, I'm always glad and happy to hear that you're better now that you're in my presence. What are we talking about today? It makes me feel like a very, very valuable human being. Yeah. We are talking about, I'm sorry, we are, uh, yeah, I guess we can just get straight into it. No, no news, no, nothing of... No news. It's really nice outside. Yeah, it is very nice That's outside. the news. That is the news. That's and the extent progressing the on. Today, we are bringing you another, uh, we still have yet to name this fucking show. It's just our interview section of our podcast, I guess. I am still pushing for sound audit interviews. That is the most disgusting name i've ever heard of my entire life though that <laughs> that sounds like There's i asked my four-year-old daughter who's in preschool hey what should i name my uh what should i name this new segment of my show and that's what she said there's something very memeable about it though it has a nice meme to it yeah there's also you know? something very prepubescent about it okay point taken yeah all right so today we uh had the pleasure um and honestly Honestly, I'm gonna I'm just gonna put this out there. Uh, Tyler can take basically all the credit for this stuff because he's really like taken the reins on uh, getting people onto the show and for interviews and stuff like that. Uh, and I'm assuming it's something that you enjoy at this point. So, but I I, I just I want to let you know how appreciative I am of it because this is one of my favorite sections that we get to, or segments that we get to do. Like this is a this is a dream come true for me talking to other people. It's really cool. But today we got to talk to somebody who we were both very excited to talk to. I think Tyler was especially though because Tyler is the one who found this person years and years ago on YouTube. She started off doing really small covers but she ended up gaining uh massive amounts of traction um to the point i think she's got fifty thousand subscribers on youtube and she's also got like plus three million views that's a that's 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 a that's a milestone the, her name is more important than her numbers though her name is uh isabel hyde um and tyler you can sort of take over and this this uh, uh, spoilers and disclaimer this has a lot to do with our 21 pilots past our uh obsession with the band especially uh, in our earlier teen years isabel was super fun to talk to uh for the both of us and super interesting well-spoken person but tyler go ahead and talk about the history here basically what happened was back in the day in my 21 pilots uh years yeah, I never stopped liking them. I love them. But back there was when, a point back where we when were unhealthily was, obsessed. Back when it was all or nothing 21 Pilots mode. Um, they had a record called Regional at Best. And there were not a lot of people covering Regional at Best because Blurry Face was the massive successor and... As well as some people just don't know that it exists. Like it's not, it's not yeah, out it's, on streaming platforms. You yeah. have to f- fucking bootleg it on the internet somewhere. But and it's not been well received by the critics who have gotten their hands on it anyway. So like, it's just gotten kind of shoved under the demo. rug. It's demo tapes. Yeah. Anyway, Isabel reviewed reviewed Isabel covered Kitchen Sink, which was awesome, and she did it on ukulele, which is funky considering what this song entails and nobody else had done that and that video had thousands of views when i had seen it since then i it's upwards of six hundred thousand views and that's wild 
that's that's nuts. And it was it was Barkers, about it was an amount bananas. of years ago at this point. But since then, she has stretched her creative legs. Yes, and she has her first EP, which has come, which came out a year or two ago, maybe even three. I think two years ago, uh, called "Embracing Entropy." Uh, fantastic, and she's moved into more instruments, which is really crazy. She's amazing at guitar, ukulele. She plays drums and. Most recently, she did a cover of The Scientist by Coldplay on the banjo. So, I think her primary thing is that the primary tag that we can put her with right now is multi-instrumentalist. Yes. That is the, uh, that's, that's the, uh, the label that we can put on her because she is most definitely a multi-instrumentalist. She plays far more instruments than I play right now, and I'm very jealous of the ability. She's plays solo, she's played with bands, she's done the whole nine. She got to play at Oh Christ. Some What's fucking that cafe. Diner called? What's that diner called? Oh, it's a diner? Okay, yeah. never mind. She'll say it in the interview. You'll you'll know what it is. She got to play at a very cool diner in Columbus with Twenty One Pilots family in attendance, including Jenna Joseph. It was very cool. And that tweaked my attention i had to ask about it and i did but the moral to take away from this is that i have watched her for a very long time on youtube religiously every time there's a cover i watch it and sitting across from her on screen was a little surreal surreal. yeah that messed with my brain a little bit it's like wow this is uh this is really happening right now really yeah what is life what is life what is love baby don't hurt me um i want to kill myself uh (laughs) <laughs> uh, I was breaking up the entire interview, and Isabel, if you're listening to this, I am so terribly sorry um, that I was so awkward throughout the entire thing, because I was just sitting there praying that my internet didn't cut out at any given point in time, because it was just one of those days for me. Um, 1G LTE. Not even that. I'm just, I'm living off of my cell phone for internet. I'm not even kidding. I work off of my cell phone hotspot. This is my life. This is what I get for being a mile off of a main road where any telephone lines exist. Yay me. Um, But, uh, regardless, regardless of my internet fuckiness, uh, she was a wonderful personality, a wonderful person to talk to, lots of music apparently in the works to be excited about. A lot of her older stuff is very, very barren, stripped back. Um, If you're into that sort of vibe, especially if it's... um, if you're into the more, um, I don't know, just the more cutesy kind of like, um, acoustic stuff. Um, I know some people go nuts for that. So I'd say go out and check some of her stuff out, uh, if you're interested, but, um, do we have anything else to touch upon? Really? That's really Uh, it. Do you want to get into the interview? Okay. Yeah. Here is the interview presented by Ian Tyler and Isabel Hyde. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of our interview section of our show. We have not discovered a name that sounds appropriate yet, but we are we are vastly working on that. COVID conversations is where we've landed, and that's not that's that's no bueno. So we're still improving <laughs> upon that. 
Um, today we are joined by the. We need to be monetized. I need you to stop. To- oh, oh, okay, okay. Today we are joined by the, the very successful Isabel Hyde, multi instrumentalist, YouTube sensation. We are beyond excited to have you. How are you today? I'm doing great. Happy to be here, man. Awesome. Awesome. It's always good to talk to people with stronger Wi-Fi connections than ourselves. <laughs> and so far, this has uh, been this has been ideal. <laughs> a, a unique day. Usually, it's terrible. But right. You know? Well, good. I, yeah. I'm glad. Between between Ian streaming from Mars and the dogs that keep coming in and out of my room, it's going to be an experience. <laughs> One of a kind. <sighs> Absolutely. So you are just shy of 50,000 followers on YouTube. And you have crossed the threshold of 3.3 million views on YouTube. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So what, what were your intentions when you first started this, this thing? Man. Well, I, I wanted to do covers since I was probably 11 or 12. I had a friend that would make covers and I was like, yeah, I want to get 30 views on YouTube, but I never actually did it until I was, I think I was 17. I had just turned 17. Um, And I literally was just sitting in my room, wanted to play some music. And I was like, why don't I turn a camera on in case something happens? Um, My intention was to enjoy what I was doing and not look for any specific result. So then I would feel fulfilled in what I was doing in the first place. But um, that was the night that I recorded the kitchen sink video. And then I, lots of people saw it and before I knew it I had like a hundred subscribers in the next couple weeks and I was like oh I should probably do something with that uh (laughs) just yeah kept on going yeah you got to keep the train rolling on that one that is the that is the first video that I saw of yours Mm -hmm. and it was around I think it, it might have been a few months after it had come out and I subscribed and I've been subscribed since and it's been one of those things. Every time the cover has been posted, I, I've religiously gone and watched it. So it's, it's crazy after seeing you for several years now to be in this conversation. That's, yeah. that's, that's nutty. That's crazy. Yeah. What's so. crazy to me is I posted a level of concern video um, whenever the song came out. And there were people saying, I used to watch you years ago. It's great to see that you're still making stuff. And I'm like, wow, I ha- I've been around for years now. That's Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's, it's crazy when you look back at that. How long does it, how long does it take you to make your arrangements? Does it vary? It, I don't usually do it in one sitting. Um, and it depends on the complication of it. So it usually takes me maybe an hour to put it together, but then I have to practice it. So, uh, I just did a taxi cab cover that I've been in the process of learning the words and coming up with an arrangement and practicing it for months. So right, it, right. it felt good to finally get that out. And you play uh, quite the variety of instruments from yeah. drums, guitar, ukulele, and, and now banjo has been an added, <laughs> an added case. Um, are, there any, are, are there any instruments that you don't own that you would love to get your hands on and form an arrangement with? Let's see. My like dream instrument that would be like I would feel incredible if I could play that is a cello. But I know those those orchestral instruments are like owning a pet with how much upkeep you have to have with them. So right. Right. I'm okay with just respecting from a distance. Like <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, I'm sure that would be a an investment and a half. Yeah. Yeah. 
Ian. Okay. Uh, yeah. Am Am I coming through? Okay. Did you sound You sound gorgeous, man. Oh, thanks. Oh, okay. I'm gorgeous. Both awesome. of you. <laughs> <laughs> My level of anxiety has gone down. Um, I actually, on the instrumental front, I was curious what you started out on. Mm-hmm. A lot of people I know start out um, on piano, or they start out, another common one is the guitar, but also people will get their hands on a ukulele, and that's that'll be their starting points for music i was just wondering what your first introduction to instruments and music performance was yeah i started taking lessons from an old dude in my neighborhood for guitar and he taught me right off the bat how to read music so that gave me a solid foundation for um like hand-eye coordination and i think just like brain power memorizing things because i didn't know how to play chords for the first few months Um, And then that made translating guitar technique to later saxophone, drums, bass, ukulele, whatever, um, real easy. That's super awesome. Almost like the, I'm curious, do you remember like the order of events that you learned everything in? Because I know going from, I think I went from like piano to drums because that was the easiest transition Mm -hmm. to make. I'm curious, was there like, a transition from one instrument to the other that you found like more difficult than, I don't know, saying transitioning from guitar to like ukulele. Cause obviously that's like basically two peas in a pod. But Yeah. Yeah. I always advise people to start with guitar because I feel like that's enough of a jump as it's up in and of itself that like, if you can get that down, then pretty much everything else will come. Cause the technique is the same for any stringed instruments and guitar. There's a lot of strings to handle. So <laughs> I started off with that. And then because I knew how to read right. music, it helped in learning saxophone for school band because um, I already had most of that in my head. And then after that, I learned drums, which was a gradual progression of just like seeing if I had the brain power to do it because it is not an easy instrument to play. But over time, beating on desks and stuff, I was able to pick it up. And then from there, I was able to get um, ukulele and all the rest of the stuff. And it was just pretty easy to pick up, which was nice. <laughs> has, has, do you have an instrument that you enjoy playing the most? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. You're good. I would say guitar right now because it's the most versatile that I have. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Has music education and maybe theory been something that you are looking at in school or are is music in school something that you've held separate? Um, yeah, I haven't looked into music for school because I very easily adopt the idea that if something is a task, then it is like work and not fun. And I didn't want to do that to um, my relationship with music. I also didn't want to put myself in a box because I'm very much a logical thinker rule follower that I knew that if I learned a ton like all that there was to know about theory and stuff that I would think I'm not allowed to do that um right music is all about breaking the rules so (laughs) switching gears I have a question that I've been wanting to ask for a long time um 2018 you played in Scully's Diner yeah could you tell us a little (laughs) bit about that how did that come about oof that was a crazy chain of events so um let's see 
in, I think it was 2017, I saw the band Vespertine at a coffee shop in Texas. And Jesse Kale was playing keyboard for them at the time. And I got to meet him and I thought he was super cool. And so I followed him on social media and stuff. And then I saw that he and Ashley Dunn were touring with Secret Midnight Press, which is a publishing company that they have together, um, reading poetry and stuff. And so um, Jesse had been a big inspiration to me as far as writing and um, just as a person, his whole mantra is to be who you are to its fullest extent and just really cool stuff. Um, so I went to the show and wrote him a little letter that was like, thanks for inspiring me to write songs again. You're great, whatever. Um, and I sent a link to him to, I think, a song that I had wrote after being inspired by him. And I gave him like a little bracelet that I made or something. And then he, um, I think he followed me on Instagram after that. It was just like, thanks for your nice words, whatever didn't hear from him for months. And then he messages me on Facebook and said, Hey, I'm having this festival. Do you want to play at it? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> sure. I'll, I'll drive up to Columbus. It's like 12 hours away or something. But I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm a weekend. I don't care. <laughs> so yeah, that was a crazy thing that I still look back on it. And I'm like, why, why did that happen? But I'm so glad that it did. Um, and it just so happened to be held at Scully's, which is a crazy thing. So yeah, that's quite the that's quite a jump. Yeah, and it's been it's been almost a year since your EP came out. Yeah. In terms of writing your own music and and releasing, is there anything coming in in the future that we can look for, or where is everything going with that? Yeah, it's all still in the. Uh, the idea phases, but I've got some songs that I'm really liking that I really want to look towards um, with the next project, thinking it through entirely as far as instrumentation goes. Um, with the last EP, it was more of an acoustic, let's make it cheap, let's make it quick, like just get some music out there. But with this next one, I really want to focus on pushing my own boundaries with composition and stuff, and I'm really excited about it. So there's no no timeline yet, but it is on the way. That's awesome. Awesome. Ian? Yeah. You still can hear me all right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Uh, you guys keep breaking up for me, so I just want to make sure. Um, I'm actually, I'm curious about, because um, we're all kind of, 21 pilots fans here that's something that we all have in common i feel like um and i was curious about because um different people have different things to say about different bands fan bases and 21 pilots fan base is one of those notorious fan bases for a myriad of reasons um I was curious about because I know that like there's the stories of uh, people jumping into the pit and getting ripped apart, basically torn limb from limb. Um, and then there are also really, really great sides of the fan base. And this doesn't, this doesn't completely just apply to 21 pilots. This is pretty much fan bases. A lot of fan bases in general, like 
I don't know, BTS is one of them that comes to mind. Um, the crazy cult fan base, but like, I was curious because I'm sure that you've had a pretty, a pretty good look at a lot of that. Um, so I was curious, I don't know what you, from what you have seen, what are your thoughts on just the, the culture uh, of fan bases surrounding like the obsession of certain artists um, how certain people will take on to certain artists in some way um, and basically make them like the center of their lives. Yeah. You know, I, I was wondering if you had any like comment on that. Have, have yeah. you seen that firsthand happening? Yeah. Well, I am very aware, looking introspectively, of my propensity to, um, to really worship things very easily. Um, and I think that's a very unhealthy thing to base your entire existence off of one um, single person or one single form of media or something. So I see that in myself and then I also see it in other people and it makes me a little concerned and sad. But um, yeah, I think 21 Pilots definitely has created its own narrative as far as the fan base goes. Um, <laughs> and it's easy to kind of... yeah. I don't know. It, it seems like it possesses both ends of each extreme where I've encountered very toxic and very crazy people, but then also some of the most encouraging experiences within it. So I guess looking outwardly, how I choose to interpret, um, I mean, if we're going on the goodness or badness of a certain fan base, I try to look at what it's all based on. Um, and that there's good and bad within the 21 Pilots fan base. But if you go back to the source, um, Tyler and Josh are the ones that are inspiring this and they aim for um, love and support and kindness of people and um, looking to help yourself and to help other people. And so that's why I still consider myself a part of it, even though they're usually known as very annoying, very um, frustrating people. Um, I'm still honored to be able to um, model certain parts of myself after those two people. So I don't know if that's exactly the question you're looking for, but. <laughs> oh, he's frozen. Answer. Um, oh, God. Come back. Can you, I'm sorry. You're good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Go ahead. So I'll jump in. Uh, looking looking around your pages, and I mean, just from following over time, you've said that Jesus and music are important to you. And I think that is true for a lot of people. And that's certainly true for Ian and I. And I was wondering if these are, if these things go hand in hand for you. And if, if that is the case, um, is this something that are themes, are these themes that will be seen in your discography or are the are do you do you try and keep them separate um short answer no i don't try to keep them separate um i think that uh i i said earlier it's unhealthy to base your entire existence off of one thing but i think spirituality is a little bit separate from that um because i feel like i have meaning and that i have value because of what i believe spiritually um, and so that means that everything that I do is going to be seen through that lens of, um, you know, what my worldview is through how does God see me and how does God see others? And so 
whether I like it or not, it's always going to be a, um, it's always going to go hand in hand. Um, I kind of see, I think of songwriting um, and model that after John Foreman, who is the lead singer of Switchfoot, which is a very, um, a big question mark to people that like to put bands in boxes because they're not really Christian, but they're not really secular either. But um, he just writes about life and says that, you know what, it's all, it's all together. Sometimes it's super hopeful and happy and go Jesus. And sometimes it's, why does genocide exist, you know? And I think that that's all okay to put in one spot. Um, right. He says, this is what I was trying to think of. He says, my job is to be honest. And um, honesty exists in the absolutes and in the questions. So that's how I try to approach things. That's a good, that's a very good way to put it. And that's definitely uh, an area um, to think on mm-hmm. for me personally. <laughs> Ian? Yeah, I'm curious about the whole honesty thing because it seems like you take to that very strongly. Is that something that you strive for in your own music? Oh, uh, something that you hope to kind of achieve at some point? Yeah. Yeah. And like, I, would, I was, I was going to ask, what other role models do you see yourself, I don't know, trying to take after, I guess? Because I know that everybody has their inspirations and such and you've mentioned obviously 21 pilots and um uh now the lead singer of switchfoot i'm curious about other people who've inspired you and uh uh, who've pushed you yes whether it be mentally yeah yeah well um i'd say john foreman is the biggest one in my life um just feel it's not too often that i feel like i resonate with people that somebody really understands the way that I think about things. And he's definitely one of those people and he's done it. He's been in the music industry for I think 40 years at this point. So it's nice to have someone kind of on the other end of things too. Um, And he's still pretty active, which means there's lots of content to look through. Right. But um, outside of the music industry, let's see. I'd say even though I haven't studied him a ton, Dietrich Bonhoeffer is a big, um, just kind of litmus test of where I'm at in my life. Um, for those that don't know, he was a uh, um, a pacifist turned um, assassin during World War II uh, who saw that there was injustice happening and decided to do something about it because he said that he who in the face of evil does nothing is itself evil. Um, and he was eventually thrown in prison for his assassination temp- attempts on Hitler and um, decided to preach to the prison guards and tell them about Jesus and unconditional love. And uh, I think that's a a really cool thing that even though life isn't that extreme at this point, it's cool to kind of compare what I'm doing to that of, am I being integritous and all the opportunities that I have in my day and my standing up against injustice and my, you know, that sort of stuff. Right. Do you think that, Holy Somewhere shit. along those lines, <laughs> you think that sorry that, that is just uh, like a fantastic answer. <laughs> Thanks. Do you think that that's an issue um, in some areas of the music industry? Just oh. a an in, ingenuous disingenuous nature. Can't get the yeah. word. Um. What like injustice in the music industry? Yes. Yeah, and just just a form of being, just a, a form of 
being something you're not or putting, putting on more of a show yeah. rather than being you. It's, yeah. I feel like a lot of radio is that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I believe injustice probably exists in every sphere of influence within society. So it makes it real easy to, to make a difference if you choose to. Um, but yeah, one thing that I'm constantly trying to be aware of is being entirely myself and it's really difficult within the music industry because you are creating yourself to be a product and so whenever people start to say i don't like that product then it's like well what do i i guess i'll change the product which is then yourself which is then not being a real version of yourself and so it is a constant battle to decide do i value numbers more than other people or more than myself um so yeah, I'd say that's a very easy thing to fall into. And it's, um, luckily, it seems like people our age have a pretty good BS meter as opposed to people in the right. past. You can kind of smell it out whenever somebody's not not being totally upfront about things. So that makes my job pretty easy of, well, they're going to notice if I'm not, <laughs> you know, right. being who right. I'm supposed to be. So. And it, I mean, it, it, to me, it feels like 50,000 subscribers later, like being yourself is all that you need to be and i know that's true for a whole host of artists and bands and music and other other forms of creation um but you don't really have to stray far from what you're already doing to reach success and and reach numbers it seems like yeah that's the crazy thing about it nobody ever expects themselves to be enough but that is always the case right is is music something that you want to pursue um as a full-time career or is this is this a passion that will be sidelined i guess as as you grow into a older person (laughs) yeah if i could if i could word that any weirder i would try (laughs) as i grow into an older person what do i want (laughs) yeah no that's what that's what i'm aiming for full-time um i'm kind of exploring different avenues as far as internet revenue but um it's all in an effort to direct people to support the music um so i dropped out of college so this is kind of all i got left on purpose so (laughs) from our end it seems like it's going very well thanks appreciate the affirmation (laughs) no of course ian yeah um Oh shit! Nice. I've lost my question again. Take your time. This is not the first time this has happened. <laughs> um, God damn it! Can you fill some space for me, real quick? I would love to. Um, <laughs> besides, besides Twenty One Pilots, is there a? There might be many, but are there other bands that you love? the discography of not necessarily a project or a work, but all of the works as a collective. Yeah. Cause for me, it's, it's, it's probably an amount I could count on one hand that I love the full career of, you know, yeah. it's yeah, definitely yeah. a special thing. For sure. Yeah. Um, the main bands that I, it's not very, I'm a very picky person. Uh, so me too. <laughs> the only bands that I've really felt like I could, connect to um and really appreciate on a deep level would be 21 pilots and switchfoot which i both mentioned but also coldplay i found fairly recently 
that I, I would listen through their stuff and be like, I like all of this until I realized that probably every band that I've enjoyed my entire life has just modeled themselves after Coldplay. <laughs> right. Uh, made a lot of sense after that point. <laughs> right. If you ever, if you ever go deeper into Coldplay sound, um, I don't know how much experience you have with Radiohead, but there is a tremendous, a tremendous amount of Coldplay that is derived from Radiohead. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. And it's they're just they've both been huge players and huge innovators on the industry at large. Uh what's your what's your favorite Coldplay record? Oof. I mean you have one. the first one, but it's very solid. Um I've been listening to Everyday Life a lot recently too. I guess the bookends are real. <laughs> yeah, we did an episode on it. Yeah? That's sick. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think Parachutes is pretty close to a masterpiece. And for that to be a debut, that's is it's ridiculous. Yeah, and Coldplay's one of those bands, it's weird. It's like there was no usually you see the bands come through the club scene a few years and Coldplay just skyrocketed like immediately. Right out the shoot. Yeah. Yeah, and it feels it feels like there aren't a lot like I maybe more with solo artists, that's the case, but with a four piece band, that's definitely not common. And yeah. coming out of the UK too, it's a yeah. it's definitely a, a, a one case that I can think of. Yeah. It would definitely be Radiohead and U2. Radiohead and U2 are the two bands after Coldplay that you should go back to. They yeah. take massive amounts of shit from U2. Yeah. And U2 is just a fantastic band in general. Yeah. So I'd band. say those would be your next. All right. Noted. Good taste. <laughs> Good taste. I, I actually, this is backtracking a little bit, um, oh. but I remembered my fucking question. Sweet. Um, so, <laughs> um, I guess people get a lot of times, um, when it comes to the music industry and when it comes to what kind of lens they're looking through, um, a lot of times people's intake, uh, depends very much upon the artists that they're listening to and the, the uh, very much the bigger artists, the popular artists, because those are the people that people get to listen to most. And that's sort of the filter that a lot of people have looking at the music industry, if they're even like interested in that kind of thing. I guess assuming if you are interested in how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not very often that uh, you get to kind of hear the take of somebody who's trying to make it somebody who has dropped out of college somebody who has basically devoted their life to the craft mm-hmm. um you only hear about it after the after they've dropped out of college and after they've made it mm-hmm. um and i know they always preach about the uncertain feeling that they had once they dropped out of college and everything um I was wondering what it's like to be in that moment right now. How does it feel to kind of plunge yourself headfirst into everything being, I don't know. I know this is like, people say these are the best years of your life. This is, you're still young. You can do whatever the hell you want. You still make mistakes, but there is still like that certain level of anxiety, especially us being from the, what are we, or do we count as zoomers or millennials? I have no idea. Just the level of anxiety that the, this generation generally has. Um, I'm curious, um, how does it feel to be where you are right now and trying to make it? And uh, is it, I don't know, is it, 
I'm sure it's easier sometimes uh, to maintain hope more than others, but how is it that you keep yourself moving and how is it that you kind of filter uh, through everything being where you are? Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, no. Um, I feel like I'm still kind of in the preliminary stages because I'm, I'm 20, still living at my parents' house. Um, so I don't have to support myself off of a music career yet. Um, that might be coming pretty soon. And so we'll see how it goes. I'll update you then. Uh, <laughs> but as it stands right now, it is um, easy to get anxiety about starting off correctly that um, I understand that it's the little steps that create the big things. And so um, a lot of anxiety over the little steps, which is not something I would have expected, but um, I guess you've got this end goal that's kind of off in the sky somewhere. And you're like, how, what am I supposed to do to even get there? Um, so, so yeah, there's a lot of just kind of sitting and thinking and figuring out what, what's the next step. Um, and trying to aim for that but I had that thought of I've I know people that have like made it and you see their documentary in the theater and you're like that's great and they're like there were hard times but we got through it and you're like what what was it like what how did you get through it like <laughs> or I see people that are like we're just starting out we're in our van we're touring around the nation and then I'm here like how did you even get a van like whatever so (laughs) but what i've started doing is i want to start doing vlogs to kind of document the i have no idea what i'm doing and maybe what i choose to do will help somebody else in the future um so we'll see how that goes but that's really awesome thanks yeah we'll we'll certainly be here for it and it would be awesome to follow this up down the road and see how things have progressed and changed be able to compare and contrast everything but Thank you so much for coming on. We've taken almost 40 minutes of your time here. And uh, Zoom is very particular about making us pay money when it reaches the 40 minute mark. So we're going to have to draw this to a close. Um, Before we go, is there anything that you would like to say or plug before we do so? Oof. I don't really have anything to plug at the moment. But thank you guys so much for inviting me. Space of course i like talking about this stuff so awesome <laughs> no we do too we awesome. do too awesome well enjoy your weekend and we'll hit you up with Super all the nice and everything we're awesome. awesome thank you talk with you sweet awesome cool all right well stay safe and uh we will see you sounds see good all right see ya stop Whatever. Go ahead. I'll let you start. So that was our conversation with Isabel Hyde with a semi-present Ian. Fuck off. As usual. Coming in hot. You do have some elaborate questions, though. You do make up for it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Hopefully she found it that way. Sometimes your questions are longer than the response. Depending on the the person. I, well, I want to give enough context and information to the point where I don't f- seem like my questions are half-assed, you know? That's fine. That's how mine are. Mine are bullet-pointed. Just 
list of five. Okay. Rattle them off. I mean, that that works for me. Two different fucking worlds, but we're good. It was still a fun interview anyway. I had a lot of fun. She's uh, very interesting. Yeah. She's doing this stuff full time. She's getting down and dirty and into the nitty gritty of the industry. And she even talked about documenting her her process for people who uh, follow her and decide to do the same thing. And just the, I don't know what I'm doing and figuring it out process. And yeah. I think that's pretty cool. A lot of people could use that. And I really, I wish the best upon her. I wish that, I hope that she finds herself at a level of um, fame and popularity that she can uh, handle, um, that she's comfortable with. Um, I hope she, I hope she makes it. I really do. I wish the best. Um, cause she was just such a genuine person. Um, and made me, made me happy, made me feel warm and fuzzy. Like I always say, but it did. It's a warm, fuzzy feeling. I'm just a warm, fuzzy guy. What can I say? Um, thank you for listening. We appreciate you all. This is, this is one of our favorite things to do. This is like our favorite part of the week. Uh, and it's cool that we get to send you uh, a podcast that goes into your ears and that you enjoy as much as we do. At least we hope. We hope. Um, if you do think that, go follow us on Instagram. Uh, leave us know. You can go follow her on YouTube and Instagram. I think it's just Isabel Hyde, isn't it? Right? Okay. Um, go give us some feedback. Go follow her and go look her up on Apple Music. Give her some streams because God knows we could all use the money right now. Even if it's 0.5 cents per listen, uh, helps us out. Helps, helps, helps the little guy out. Um, you can, um, you can go look at our, uh, our new website too. Um, we're posting written reviews up on there as well as write-ups on the interviews. Um, and it will probably just be doing general updates on the podcast on new segments, um, and such. Um, so go check that out. There's also a link in the podcast description. And I think, I think the link is also at our website at this point too, um, where you can go to donate. We should just set up a Patreon page or something like that so that this whole third-party bullshit doesn't have to happen. I feel like wouldn't that's hurt. so much easier. Wouldn't hurt. Probably wouldn't hurt. Um, but anyway, you can click that link for 99 cents. Uh, you can support Two Broke College Kids for the price of two gumballs. Um, I usually don't get to say that tagline, and I fucked it up so hard, but whatever. Uh, thank you all for listening. We will have new episodes coming out Friday, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard. Um... And that's for just the regular album reviews, if you're ever interested in those, as well as Sundays, we're doing, um, same time, um, we are going to be doing the, uh, interview part, or, uh, just special segments, I guess. We'll have, we'll have new types of content as well, coming out in those days. And just be on the lookout for new content in general, because we will deliver, we promise. Um, again... Uh, I'm gonna say this one more time. Go and check out the artist. She is great. She is such a fun person. Um, and she deserves all the support. So I'd say go give it to her. But other than that, thank you all for listening. I actually got to do the outro this time. It's been like three months at least. I feel very honored. Thanks, Tyler. Um, we appreciate you all. We will see you all in the next one. Peace out. <laughs>